Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul, Angeline, and today we're talking about traps. Well, realistic danger in your game. Semicolon traps. <laughs> yeah, in your game. So I've been playing since you know, everybody knows probably since way back, way back in 1970s, late 70s. And traps haven't been a big thing in my game. I remember in AD&D, there was a, basically a save for traps. There was this table that had all your saves on it. It was dependent on your class and it was dependent on your level. So like fighters and something else were all grouped together. Wizards were grouped together and then clerics. And then they all had all these saves like save was the staves, the staves, no, staves, wands, and something else. And then they had magic saves. And I think one of them was traps because they didn't have the, the AD&D wasn't like fifth edition is today. So there was just this one save that you would make and you, you failed or you you made it. And and in, and some of these shots were really deadly. So I don't think uh, my brother liked traps. I don't remember him ever using a trap. Possibly, you know, the poison treasure chest needle trap or something like that. But I don't remember any like, you know, the, the classic pit pitfall traps, you know, any stuff like that. So... I'm not big into traps. I don't think I've ever used a trap on you guys, have I? Um, I don't know. In our many years of playing so far? No. And then another thing, a uh, problem I had was that I always thought that they were unrealistic. Because uh, long ago, I remember this series of books called Grim Tooth Trap, Book of Traps. And I forget how many, what number they got up to. Like it was, I remember, I remember one, two, and three. But it might have gone higher than that. And it was sold by Flying Buffalo, I think. I remember going to the conventions and seeing the, book, the Grim Tooth uh, book, and I was, you know, amazed because they have all these little sketches and drawings of the traps and how they would work, and these little stick figures falling into these horrible ways of dying. <laughs> and uh, and I thought they were pretty cool, but I didn't think I could use them realistically in my game, for whatever reason. I think it's hard to use them because, well, one, the old way of figuring out if there was a trap was. Oh, you yeah. just had to. I'm gonna search for a trap. Yes, are there traps tell, in this room? The GM that. Yes. And there was no rhyme or reason to where the trap would be, but there was probably an idea that there would be a trap. Well, I think, I think back then, for some reason, unless well, for I think back then for some reason you had to give a clue that this might be a good place for a trap, because otherwise, if you had a thief, and that's what they were called back then. He would be bothering the heck out of you checking every 10 feet or wherever you're going, right? You know, let's say it's a dungeon or a keep or a goblin warren or whatever. And every 10 feet, I'm going to check for a trap. So in this case, back then, probably the GM would roll because you would roll. And if you succeeded, then, and there was no trap, you said you detect no traps. But if there is a trap and you failed, you say you detect no traps. But if you, if the player rolls, Right? That he knows that he failed and there's no, that he doesn't quite trust his role. Where, uh, though, you know, some, some people back then probably said, well, you're not too sure, but you don't think there's a trap. You know, the GMs would be, give you that kind of information, which just as a player, which would drive me nuts, right? Because then I'm like, well, did I roll right or did I roll high or is he trying to tell me something? I think back then there would have to be a place that would be a good place for a trap, right? You know, the, the description that the GM is give you, giving you. Otherwise, you're just going to 
the deepest. Okay, ten feet. Okay, I'm gonna take ten minutes to detect your traps. So I'm like, oh my god, and you know, it's. I think it would just be mad. It would be a very slow dungeon crawl. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a dungeon crawl. Yes, very much so. So I didn't really think it was realistic back then. I didn't think it was realistic. I was a kid. I didn't know. And then as I grew up, you know, and I saw movies and and read books and stuff like that, I realized that traps have always been part of certain cultures and then certain ways of warfare. You know, uh, you know, uh, you think about different ways that that traps are utilized and and you know, for me, it's always been that pit trap, right? But I always thought they used those for animals, right? But I, you know, I guess you could use it for a human, and I guess you know, in in certain areas where there was war and there's a retreating army or a group of people, rebels, whatever you want to call them, patriots, then they're retreating. Then you know, they want to make it difficult for the advancing army or group of people who are moving on in on them. And so they leave little traps behind, probably not necessarily to uh, what it would be to try to win the war in this, or the battle in a certain sense, but maybe uh, change the morale of the people chasing them or even just slow them down a little bit, right? Because if they're apprehensive about, you know, the booby traps that you set up, that might give you a better chance of escaping if that's what's going on. I think that Indiana Jones the, uh, yes. is like the the perfect reason or idea of why traps exist in in dungeons or tombs or whatever because you're searching for treasure right or you're searching to clear out stuff but everybody wants to take the stuff of the yeah you know i was thinking that it wasn't realistic you know even watching indiana jones and that one's a little bit you know kind of crazy realistic you know they had traps that that worked on shadow and stuff like that which you know i had a little bit of mysticism in that in that movie anyway obviously what was really interesting to me is that I was watching a documentary on Tutankhamun, and in fact, his his tomb had trapped. You know, it had a, the classic, uh, you know, a big old block would fall and, and trap people in, the, mainly robbers, right? So in tombs, it makes sense that if they're going to put a lot of expensive stuff in tombs, i.e., anything in D and D, you know, the the dragon lich or the jackal lich, whatever, and he wants to protect the stuff. He's going to set up traps, and it's totally believable. Because in real life, people did that. I mean, real people set up tombs and designed traps to prevent people from robbing them. Not maybe as elaborate as, you know, Indiana Jones, but but still, they were there, and I think it's pretty cool. But are traps a good idea for running a game? Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess, I don't think any of you have ever, in my games that I run, and because mainly because I never put a trap in, you guys never have detected for traps, right? That's not true because yeah, have you? <clears throat> when there's chests oh. and <laughs> stuff like that, they always d- detect for traps or ch- to see if there's magic or detect magic, different things like that. Yes, I don't remember that being done in some of the games where there's actual And then they use their mage chest. hand to open it instead of themselves. Okay, well, so they're precautious, right, right. They're taking precautions, I mean. And there's a reason for that. Um, I think it has to do with the fact that in a lot of times, if you do not detect the trap, something bad is going to happen. Right, right. So, I mean, I think in the back of some players' minds, as soon as they see a treasure chest. That's a treasure chest. (laughs) People get all worried, right? Especially if it's just a treasure chest and it's just sitting there or, you know, 
I love the idol in in uh, Indiana, <laughs> Indiana Jones. Jones. This little ray of sun coming and hitting this treasure chest, and it's kind of glowing, and it's all by itself. And the only thing that's, you know, the only thing that's that's separating you and the treasure chest is what maybe a fire pit. No, a it's fire pit. a bunch of steps. No, a ten foot fire pit, which you know makes you want to jump over and die. Well, I'm thinking just the the steps, like. Uh... Like in Indiana Jones, oh, you had yes. to pay. You had to pay attention to which step you stepped on. Oh yeah, 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 it's, yeah. And that's also like, and and there's a reason. There's a the old the old Tomb of Horrors game. The adventure, yes. The crazy, yes. crazy one made by uh, Gary Gygax. You know what was weird is that I've, I've I've never played in a game like that. I never played in this any kind of thing where it was just full of traps. Felipe, my my mentor, uh, my older brother Felipe, who ran. Most of our first games, you know, we probably ran for a solid couple of years at least, from 1978 to about 1980, and uh, and then we found other people to play with, and then he got to play with us, and and then separate from that, we also would I would start running games, and Sips would start running games, and we would pass the GM badge or not badge, but the, yeah, the GM badge around, you know, we each got a badge when we were GM. But he never did it. He never put a lot of traps in his game. And I can't remember any trap that really did anything like damage to a lot of people or any of the characters. So I grew up you know, I grew up with that idea that, you know, traps are something really rare and something really that they're not very useful in my game. But that's only because you played with Felipe. Other people, I'm sure, are like, you know, they're dungeon delving the whole time. And they just they they op- they see that Grimtooth book of traps. And then, oh my God, this is exactly what I want, right? This is, you know, and th- these traps are, you know, you saw some of the elaborate traps that they have in those books. You know, there's these like a trap where the, you know, the the, the, the stairs slide, they become a slide, and then they everybody slides into a what a, a, pit, a pit of a pit of stakes, and then and then there's some a few people that are able to hang on or whatever. It does a spring loaded thing and it shoots the the players onto a wall that has stakes and. It's just really elaborate, really funny. I remember my first game con at Pacificon way back, and I don't remember the year exactly. It's probably 1982, 83. And we were working for security, which in that in that back then, they actually gave us a room, which is the only way we could afford to go. So they gave us a room for working an eight-hour shift and then a, a, a six-hour shift or something like that. It was four people to the room. Me and Felipe, we were together, obviously. And then we were supposed to have these two of the guys, but one guy was, I'm going to stay with my friend. So we only had this one old dude, but uh, we stayed with him in our room. And he was, and that was my first experience, he loves Grimtooth. He comes in, he goes, oh, Grimtooth came out with another book or something like that. I'm like, oh, what's that? And he's like showing me, he goes, this is fantastic. And I'm like, oh, yeah, those are pretty cool. You know, it was like these really elaborate things. And I'm like, where, where, where or how would I put that or utilize those in my game? And I just it never did. Well, a lot of people do. It seems like the trap is like a and d like staple, right? Well, yeah. And I was I was looking stuff up and my friend Mike likes this guy called the Angry DM. Angry DM? Angry GM? The Angry GM. Yes. And he he wrote a whole article on why traps suck in D&D. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, he has to live up to the name, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... But his thing is, is that you, do you really want somebody checking for traps every five steps? Exactly. That's the old you, AD&D style. Do you want to 
have your players so leery of walking into a room because nobody detected the trap and it went off and everybody took 20 hit points of damage or something. Right. Or they're in, they're held in a, in a, in this giant room in spider webs or something. I mean, who, who wants to play a game like that? Is it fun for the players? I think, is it fun for the GM? I think it depends on the players, right? If, if the players really like, because this is the thing, right? I think if they're puzzle solvers and I, I'm a terrible puzzle solver, so I probably wouldn't like it. So it's the puzzle solver players, right? They like figuring things out. And if they're good at it, every trap has a way around it, theoretically, right? Or, you yes. know, or else it's not a good trap. So they, ha- as a player and as a character, they're figuring out how is this character going to f- you know, figure this out? What are, we, what are we missing? What information do we need? Kind of like a... Kinda like a a puzzle, and but also kind of like a, an investigation into a murder. You're trying to get all the clues that's going to give you the the murder. In this case, going to give you the clues that's going to get you around this trap. And that's a problem, right? For me, is that sometimes I don't think logically enough. I don't think, well, this is the way the trap works, and th- if they do this, this is you know, and all these things that can happen that could they could bypass the trap. They could. Not, not only bypass, but what do you call it? Disarm a trap, you know, if it's there's a trigger of some sort. To me, I just thought it was too much work. And I really didn't think that my players, any of them, would really love that kind of gameplay. It seemed to me like old players, like back in from the, who played in the 70s, who were really dungeon crawlers. Even uh, even to this day, there's people that like are like that. They love that kind of gameplay. And I'm not much into that, so I don't use a lot of traps. Well, obviously people still use traps because in D&D 5th edition, they have a section on it and how that they've changed it completely. Right. It's kind of convoluted according to the angry GM. The angry GM, yes. But now players have a, if you have certain skills, I'm going to assume investigation and stuff like that. Right. You get like a passive perception check. Well, you have a passive perception. Right. Or um, if you roll a 10 for regular perception. You can tell if there's a trap. Oh, all you need is a trap. You notice a trap. And then the GM lets them know that there's a trap there. And then there's all these ways to... They, players have special skills now to be able to detect how to how to undo the trap or okay. how, to, how to stop that kind of thing. Or how to bypass the trap, maybe. Yeah. I'm not really so much into traps. I didn't even know if it was, it was covered in the, any of the three core books. So, you know, I looked it up. And sure enough, there's a nice big section about traps and how to put them in your game, you know, how they work. And then they give you a quite a good list of different types of traps. You know, some that are there to, uh, what is it, to slow you down. And then there's traps that are there to cause damage and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, oh, wow, that was new to me. When I was reading the rules, I just must have skipped that section because I don't remember ever seeing it. I think that it makes it more exciting if you're playing an Indiana Jones kind of get the treasure game. Ah, yes. Or well, if you're, you're tomb robbing, right? Yeah, if you're, yeah or if you're trying to steal something from a dragon and his horde or or you've been worried about the dragon (laughs) yeah i would too but um or if you're trying to get an artifact or something like that it would make sense i think as a player as a character player i mean if i was playing in the game and there's a whatever it is and it ends in the word tomb i definitely would be worried about traps Or it has the, the Tomb of Horrors. <laughs> oh, yeah. If the Tomb is in, if at all involved in the title. Well, I had always heard that. I would never actually 
What, the Tomb of Horrors? Yeah, I've never actually seen it or... I think Sip and Esteban bought it. Though we went never went through it back when we were playing AD&D. But when the last um, sci-fi convention... No, not sci-fi convention. Comic-Con that yes. we went to. Luke, Luke Gygax was there and he ran people through the, the Tomb of Horrors in a game. And it was hilarious. <laughs> and <laughs> well, recently so- I had bought the the tomb of annihilation no the tales of the the tales of the yawning portal oh yeah yeah yeah. and it's in there tomb of horrors and the revised. map is there revised <laughs> and it was pretty funny to having sat through that gaming session it wasn't like a really long gaming session because they, they died for, they played for like 90 minutes i don't even know if it was 90 minutes, 60 minutes. i think it was it could have been 90 minutes but it went by really fast it, it went was by super it was fast. hilarious and yeah. just the fact that the characters knew they weren't going to, there's there was like a, a zero point something chance they might make it. <laughs> well, what's funny is because Tomb of Horrors is like the ultimate killer dungeon, right? I mean, it's it was known back. I think they used it. Well, back- Gary Gygax had made this out of his campaign that he did with right. his players. And then at the first Origins convention, they put it out. As a, they must have mimeographed it or something. Well, they used it as a as, as a, a play, like a, not 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 a play test, but they, a contest. Yeah, they did a contest yes. with it, and so you would get certain points for surviving so long or getting to a certain point. Well, the the funny thing and is, then you would get you would win a prize, I guess, if you got the most. Well, just getting into the tomb of horrors. There's <laughs> only three entrances, and only one of them actually gets you in anywhere. The other two just kill you once you get inside of them. The traps, and it's funny. This is a spoiler alert in case you've never heard the game or 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 seen the scenario, but it's on a it's in a hill and there's no way to get up to the entrances. You have to figure out how to get to the entrances. Right. And they're only on one side of the hill, the north side, I believe. And it was just funny to get the people up to them. Of course, these people knew that the entrances had to be there. Yes. But the the first one they went into, they died right away because it was <laughs> the wrong entrance. It wasn't the whole party, but yes. so they I started half- over. It was funny because Luke obviously has run this quite a few times. Cause he, and he had this old battered one that he's had since he was a kid. Right. And Which was pretty cool. And he had a little note uh, for his game. And this was the first room that they got into. And it was a false entrance, right? And it was a total trap. And then, like, once half, you got in and, and got in so far, then the door behind a big, big giant block, slab. Big slab of granite would fall <laughs> behind him and trap them. And, they and that's had it. Li- There's no way hour. out. Limited hour, limited air, and they would basically die. And so what was funny is like after the, the big stone fell and, and the players who are behind it or in it, in the trap, are like, oh, what are we going to do? And, and they're trying to do all these spells to try to move it. He goes, no, it's too big. It's too heavy. I can't levitate it. Nope. It's, yeah, what, how much? <laughs> how, and these are like high-level characters. Usually they can uh, levitate more if they're higher level and he goes nope it weighs too much and then after they they try to do stuff for like maybe five or six minutes he goes i basically you guys are dead so let's start all over (laughs) let's try again let's try again it was super funny and so then they try again so it's but it's a it's a whole it's a tomb of horrors they're all (laughs) traps once they even got into the real the real entrance oh yes then walking down the hallway was was you know danger will robertson will robinson <laughs> will robinson and it was like every and i'm looking at the map of it and the traps are every everywhere. few steps everywhere and there's things that come out of the wall there's bricks that or if you step on it you go down a slide into a pit into and a different room i'm like going 
but I can see how that would be exciting to, for people to try to, you know that this, it even says on it, there's that only high level players are going to get through this. Maybe. Right. Even then, that doesn't guarantee that they're going to live. So it'd be interesting. We had talked about redoing things on a recent episode um, about players oh, wanting to, to redo their, what was it? It was a crypt or something. Yeah, so it was the athlete crypt. So I could see something like this, this really dangerous game where you know there's traps and stuff and as you would want to do it several times so you could learn where all the traps were so that one of your future characters might be able to get through it. Yeah, we just did it on uh, backtracking. And so we're so in this case, you would allow it. You would allow characters to come back from the dead and uh, try again. Or I think I think so. Maybe different characters. Well, how many high level characters do you have? I mean, well, you can make a new one. Oh, just make them up. Yeah. Yeah. OK. I guess that's possible. So when we were watching that, Luke Gygax run these. Unless the, they were industry people, right? You know, they weren't just regular schmoes like us. Uh, they go to conventions. They were like people who, you know, cartoonists or uh, you know, artists and all kinds. All of, of them were D and D players, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They all had played D and D. Well, you know, we were at a Comic Con convention, so the probably the, the the number of people who play role playing games is pretty high, I'm sure. So it was really fun. I thought it was really interesting, and I really liked, you know, how. How Luke, you know, he's like, he's just smiling the whole time because he knows that these guys are in for a terrible time to, to try to successfully go. And I think they only got as far as, what, maybe one room? They actually got into a room. Yeah. One room. And I forget what, it was really, and then by the description of the room, I go, oh, God, I would hate this. Because it was like a puzzle. Yeah. I, I don't know. A Tomb of Horrors. It's, I mean, I've heard of it since I was a kid, you know. And uh, and you're right. I mean, I think it was uh, I forget what it was called. It was called it was a there was a contest that they used it that they ran people through it. And it was at the it was at Origins. Origins, right? I think it was 1978. It said or something. Wow, like that. that's pretty early. So I think when did it? I know you were researching the Tomb of Horrors. Do you know when it was published? 80, 81, I think the AD and D version. It's pretty well known. I can tell you. Just give me a second. Yeah. So it's pretty well known that the Tomb of Horrors is like the epitome of a uh, trap filled dungeon. And uh, and I, it's been super popular. I think uh, a lot of people who played AD and D back in the day bought it. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I bought it, and it was like I said, it was a really popular module. So it says in in the 1970s, at the first, the first version of the adventure was created, f- crafted for Gary Gygax's personal camp from Gary Gygax's personal campaign in the early 1970s, and went to be featured in the official Dungeons and Dragons event at the original origins gaming convention in 1975 wow the first published publication of the tumor horrors as part of the advanced D game came in 1978 wow that's very early yeah holy cow 1978 yeah so that's that's pretty way early i mean that the, it came out it was published when i started playing D. yeah and when we started playing D, we were still using original D because well we lived in a little town and New stuff didn't come to us very quickly. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yes. So what about what do you think about traps? Do you think they're they're a viable thing to put into your campaign or into your adventures? I think that I wouldn't use them very often. Right. You probably use them sparingly, unless it was a tomb. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I think I would also like if people were going to go into the tomb, I would make sure that they knew there were traps or could be traps. Right. You could forecast that. Like, Was that forecast? Is that what someone, you would say? The lore says, or right. people have gone in there and haven't come out. 
or that you would just say like like kind of like uh like people know about the the pyramids of Egypt being trapped, right? They said the builders of the tomb made sure that robbers would not be able to find it by building uh, and in, inventing ingenious evil traps to kill and maim any would-be robber, right? And so you give that, I guess it's forecasting or foreboding or I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, information. Inf- information. The GM could you know, give that information out as legend or something like that. And that would always be in the back of the mind of the players. Hopefully, unless they're like, you know, doity, 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 doity. That's, you know, they don't Well, another that. thing you could do is as they enter the tomb, there could be like skeletons with things sticking through them. Oh, kind of like Indiana like, Jones. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Just right. so, you know, as a clue. Just a clue. A small clue. <laughs> a small clue of dead, <laughs> you know, a dead skeleton. A really dead skeleton. Uh, you know, yeah, pinned against the wall with a bunch of... Of course, knowing our players, they would be looking to see if the skeleton was going to come alive and start attacking them. Or if he was carrying anything, right? That's Valuable. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I've I've never really been a trap GM. And when I've encountered them as a player, usually it was, you know, I don't usually play a thief. Or I didn't play a thief back then. So you were bored as the thief was searching for the traps? Uh, I, we didn't really have a thief. Like I said, Felipe didn't put a lot of traps into his game. And then, therefore, none of us did. It's like the model, right? Whoever you whoever you play with, that becomes your model of the way you play. I know I'm getting off the territory here uh, of the subject, but but you know, Felipe was a very he still is a very upstanding, you know, forthright person, and he, like I said, he attained Eagle Eagle Scout, and he was he's an epitome of an Eagle of a Boy Scout, right? He's do good deeds, you know. I forget what the motto of the Boy Scout. I think it's prepared but but anyway doesn't matter but he is the epitome of a boy scout so his games were always about us defeating evil we never allowed us to play evil characters and and so he influenced us in that way at least our corp our core group i don't go way off i remember we started playing at the scout house because they had a little behind american legion hall they had this little it was more than a shack it was like this little building that had little places that you can meet into uh, little rooms that you could have uh, the different packs could go into and do different whatever have have separate meetings and then they have a large area where they could all meet and and talk and have meetings of of whatever so we had a, a big group and one of them was this guy called stan and stan was a he was a super nice guy he was a boy scout and that's how he got into the game because he knew my brother and he was in my high school and stan played a chaotic evil dwarf Right, and he was like compared to our characters, he was like super high level, you know, like tenth level or something like that. And he was super crazy, right? This dwarf, the player was crazy too. I mean, not the player was crazy, but he played this dwarf like this a chaotic evil dwarf, right? So he'd be killing things left and right, and then and he would threaten you if, if you, hey, dude, calm down, you know, you don't have to kill that that monster or that innocent person. He goes, why? Because they got money, and he just like it was this greedy, terrible character. Years later, when we were adults, I run into him because we were teenagers. And, and I go, oh, do you still play D&D? And, and he goes, oh, no. He goes, my church, you know, I finally decided I shouldn't play church. He goes, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, he goes I'm a Christian. I go, oh, were you going to church back then? He goes, yeah. I go, well, what about your character? And he he would, he goes, oh, that's just a character, dude. And that's how he taught. You know, he goes like, that's just a character. That's not me. You know, I was just still. You know, playing playing whatever and i'm like wow he really separated himself from this character well 
I don't know, maybe he did or didn't. Maybe he was secretly you know, expressing his wanton uh, will for destruction. But my brother wasn't like that, right? And so, so you know, we played, we played Dudley Do Right characters, right? We were, you know, always trying to do the good thing, and and that's the way I've always run games. I've always run games in that light that the characters are good. I don't allow evil characters, and so on and so on. I think that's why traps haven't been a big thing in my games because they weren't a big thing in his games. And that's you know, you are what you learn, what you learn from. And when you first learn stuff from people. That's how you learn to do it, and that's what you think is the right way to do it. Later on, you go, oh well, maybe you know, uh, you shouldn't just play yourself in a different in a different world. You could explore playing different facets of personalities that aren't yours and stuff like that. And and yeah, sure. But back then, we were playing fast. You know, we were playing ourselves in a fantasy world, and and luckily for us, we weren't playing with some person who wanted to explore the darker. You know, pieces of his psyche, right? Sal's heard horror stories about this. (laughs) And so we were really a a group of of players that just were like having fun. You know, you hear these horrors and and all of us were guys. I hate to say it. And some people, some people out there claim that, you know, oh no, D&D never excluded women. Well. Well, you didn't have any women to play with. We didn't. Yeah. And, and I don't know if we, we didn't exclude them. I would have been happy to have a, a girl play with us. In fact, I think Mike tried to get his girlfriend from high school to play. And she was adamantly did not want to play. Right. She's like, oh, no. And she, I think she might have even gone as far as made a character. But then she did not want to play. And I'm like, I remember that was like not a, a contention, but he goes, oh, come. Because we spent a lot of time playing. And so that was always a pull for Mike. Right. He was a, Oh, she wants to go to the beach on Saturday. I'm like, what? Saturday? Saturday's a game day, right? It's D&D day. And sure. since Saul didn't have a girlfriend at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. I was, you know, yeah, whatever. Let's not talk about that. It's a totally different experience, you know, the way I grew up playing games and traps weren't a big deal and weren't a big part of it. A lot of people, traps are a part of it. Right. And I think it's interesting. How deadly do you want your traps to be? Yes. How many traps do you want? Do you want to tell your players there's traps? Puzzle traps sound different to me than, you know, the, you step on, you as you're walking into the tomb, you step on the wrong block and pressure plate and, <laughs> and out come the poison arrows, right? Although that would be a good way to let your players know that there are traps, I, guess, right? I mean, you know, once you pull that maneuver, then your players automatically know that there's traps in your game, right? So they're going to start paying extra attention. <laughs> Especially it's going to take you a very long time to get down that first hallway. <laughs> exactly. And every other hallway. I, I'm not sure that's the kind of gameplay I want in my game. Now, like I said, if there's a way... If, but if, you do use things like whenever there's magical items available that we have gotten from somewhere okay. or, or you find something, you will you will always... Everybody knows to do a detect magic or detect evil on Everybody the objects <laughs> in our group because oh, okay. sometimes you give us rings that want to control you. <laughs> sometimes you there are jewels that are from evil, what do you want to call them? Evil shamans that have put curses on things or there's a demon living in something. <laughs> and so we've learned that, you know, because you'll go, okay, you want that ring? That's fine. I need you to do a wisdom save, <laughs> right? That kind of thing. So, so your traps are more subtle, as in, as in, it's not really a, it's it's a choice, right? Do you want to keep this and have whatever happened to you, or do you want to get rid of it? Right? Yeah. 
Well, I don't. Those are kind of traps, right? The, but they're uh. subtle traps versus <laughs> versus things coming out and slicing you in half. Yeah, I don't know if those are traps. Those are like, uh, I don't know. I guess they could be considered a trap. But a trap, is, uh, to me, is something physical that happens to you. And the only decision you have in, in those sort of traps, well, not the only decision is, but either you bypass the trap, you disarm the trap, or you just don't go by the trap. You know, you decide, well, I need to, or let's say you detect the trap. Okay, I'm know. done. We're going to leave the cave yeah, now. Yeah, right. You know, or something like that. But like giving you a cursed item, I don't think that's a trap. It's a trapping, right? It's like, well, you know, it's a, totally up to the player whether they want to accept the consequences of, you know, it gives you this great power, but at a cost. But you got to be careful with our players because some of them will go, okay, no problem. I'll put it in my, I'll put it in my bag of holding. Let's go. <laughs> no problem. I'll, I'll only take on. it out when I need to. Yeah, I only dire emergencies, and all of a sudden, there's a lot of dire emergencies. <laughs> <laughs> so traps are pretty interesting. I, like I said, I have not looked at Grim Tooth books of traps. We in looked a long at time. it yesterday, which was I very mean, interesting. The physical books. The, it was it was hilarious to look at it because they were these sketches of yes. how to of what happens to the people. The one I liked was the first three people could walk over the pressure plate, but once they got off it, then the last person was thrown up in the air onto a bunch of uh, of blades. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's not fair. And it's funny because, like, you know, the, the, he shows you the action of the trap, right? He shows you what the trap looks like before it's armed and then while it's being triggered and then what the result is. And so you have this, this little, like, a comic book uh, sketch uh, these little figures getting slaughtered in multiple ways and maimed. And so it's pretty funny to look at, like I said. But it wouldn't be so fun for your players to play, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, maybe, and I guess it depends on the kind of game you want. If you told people that this is what was going to happen. Like when we played in, when Shannon ran that game about the where they were called, they weren't cobalt. Were they cobalts that we played? Shannon. Shannon, he ran that game with the little cobalts. I don't was remember. it cobalts? I don't remember. We just played it in Palo Alto. A couple of months ago. Oh, Cobalt ate my baby. And yes. you knew that your character was going to die, right? <laughs> Most so, likely. Yeah, you knew your character was going to die because they didn't have very many hit points and they oh, were very right. stupid. <laughs> and, but you knew what you were going into, right? So right. there were there were multiple characters or you could just use your same character sheet and change the name. So I just started crossing letters off of the name of my character and because it was just... That's classic. Right. Cause, but you knew what was going to happen. So as long as you're not surprised that there's a trap every two feet, then I think it's okay if, if, if you want to stay in that in that hallway. Me, myself, I would just say, okay, well, is it really worth it? How much are they paying me? And how am I going to, am I going to live, right? Right. I guess what you're looking at is, is if you want to risk a valuable character that you've had for a long time. And, 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 and some people might say, well, if I die in this game, it's not like it really happened, right? Yeah, if it's a convention game and they just gave you a character that you have no investment in whatsoever, or you're a little cobalt, then, you know. Most times when they run those kind of adventures at conventions, they want you to bring your own character, right? Because they don't want to give you a character that you don't care about. And so, sure, you know, you could keep playing that character, but, you know, it's a test against that character's uh, abilities <laughs> and, and... Oh, something like the Tuma Horrors, yeah. The strength. Yeah, because yeah, there's other yeah. other other people try to mimic that kind of environment. You know, well, and me myself, adventure. I would go into an adventure like that if they wanted me to bring my 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 sorceress, <laughs> who's eleventh level. I would say, <laughs> you know what, this is a dream, and this is what we're <laughs> doing. Sequence, yes, because I'm not going to let her die right in real life. 
real life. <laughs> in real life. So yes. So traps are an interesting part of the of Dungeons and Dragons. They've been there since the very beginning. I just never utilized them very much. And so I've never inflicted a lot of traps on my on my players. I, you know, the odd trapped treasure chest or something like that but usually the the players are pretty uh, savvy and they they you know they do magic mage hand to open it or or do all kinds of weird things or they and i didn't know this but alan was explaining it to me because i had to ask somebody when i was when i did a a dungeon from the dungeon dojo or something from online do you remember what it was called no i i had to ask alan i go do treasure chests have their own experience points or not experience points hit points he goes yes and he explained it to me (laughs) so if you don't if you can't break into a treasure chest you can always kill it with your axe by beating it until all of its hit points go down but some of these things had like 95 hit points well you destroy the box so yes exactly it has structural hit points which i thought was was ironic that you could instead of just opening it you could destroy it to get to this but a lot of it. times if if uh, you know, there's a caveat right if there's something really valuable and can be broken in the trap then bashing it to to open it up is probably gonna you know uh break that valuable item that's in the trap we did have that discussion I mean, also. in that treasure chest and so a lot of people oh, that is the last resort is beating the crap out of the unless you have chest. a barbarian in your party who gets um who is enraged and doesn't want to wait. <laughs> <laughs> so traps are an interesting thing uh, to put in your game. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't have any uh, real experience experience in, in using them a lot. You know, uh, a lot of times, the only time I would use them if it was in a, was in a module. And I don't usually run, well, I can't say I don't usually run modules. But, but, the, but for some reason, the modules that I've had, they hardly have any traps in them. Or you skipped over them. And not put them in. Yeah, there's that. But I think I think uh, I've never used. I've never come across too many traps in my games. But when you so if you want to add some interesting, dangerous elements to your game, then right. go for it. Yeah, and surprise the heck out of your players. <laughs> Try not to kill them. <laughs> Try not. To. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day. <laughs>